0: This episode of the Flush Podcast is brought to you by Onex Hunt, Waltons, Aluma Trailers, Ready Rest, Huron, South Dakota, Mr. Heater, and Hoxie Native Seeds. Today, we're counting down the hours until we pack up and head to Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We'll preview a few of the many things we're looking forward to and prepare you for our live Upland Trivia Game Show. Plus, we'll share stories, some of ours, and some of yours from memorable moments in the field. Our friends at Onyx Hunt are looking forward to seeing you at Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. They'll once again be hosting their after party called Offline at Pheasant Fest on Friday, March 1st at 9 p.m. at the Ram Coda's Grand Rushmore Hall. There'll be live music from the Damn Jammers and the chance to win some great Upland prizes with their public access pull tabs. Drink free beer from and Kugels and learn more about South Dakota's new public access to habitat program that's fundamentally changing how we all look at private land access. Entrance to this event is free for all Pheasant Fest and Kloya Classic attendees. Free entrance, free beer, prizes, laughs, and plenty of smart talk. I hope to see you there at Offline at Pheasant Fest brought to you by Onyx Hunt. Ready, boys? Ready, set. Welcome to another episode of The Flush Podcast. I am Travis Frank. I am your host this week once again, Scott Franzen. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Travis. Uh, Almost two weeks in a row. I know. Downloads
1: are just soaring now.
0: I know. Our ratings are (laughs) through the roof. Everyone's clamoring for more. More Scott Franzen. More Scott. So here he is. And then as we're preparing to go uh, record this episode... The Reverend Hunter walks in the building, Tony, with a brand new book in hand, which yeah. I I see how I rate here, Tony. Well, no, Travis, no, I don't no, know. I got, you're already on. Uh, no, it's,
2: <laughs> I, I know, but I don't know if you remember, but because I said, I was like, oh, when I saw you at the state fair, I was like, wait, well, you said, when's your book coming out? And I'm like, oh, it's coming out this, you know, it's coming out in April. I'll, I'll give you a copy. And you're like, Yeah. I don't really read. Is it on? Can I get the audiobook version? So if I can, like, I'll sign your, I'll sign your iPhone when you download the audiobook.
0: <laughs> there you go. Okay. There you go. No offense at all. I mean, I just don't. I mean, I'm glad to have you on the show without yeah, a copy yeah. in hand. But Tony, a- how many beautiful.
2: chapters are dedicated to me in here? every chapter every chapter is, okay that you got to read know. between the lines though <laughs> to see it i always do it.
0: the god <laughs> of do. wild places is the name of the book and it is a beautiful cover shot who took the photo
2: aaron levinsky of the star tribune okay uh, when i did a I, I went to the boundary waters to do and i did a series of stories for them in the summer of 2019 of bringing my son to the boundary waters for the first time and it was so fun and aaron and i won several awards for that That series in the Star Tribune, it's still on their website, but that photo is fantastic. I will say, and this is, you know, you might look at that cover photo and think, how can he be sitting so far back in that canoe and yet the bow is still in the water? And let me just say, Bob Timmons was Photoshopped out of the cover <laughs> of
0: that, of, of that oh photo. no it was his chance for all the fame and you took him out
2: Bob Timmons the outdoors editor of the Star Tribune uh, he, he in the in the actual photo so that's not true journalism because we <laughs> we photo
0: I'll tell you a fun uh, book photo thing one time uh, Ron wrote a book right and so all of a sudden I get Ron's like hey uh, you remember that photo you took him Raven and I I was like yeah he's like you mind if I use that for the cover? I'll give you photo credit. Yeah, Ron, whatever you need. Go ahead, use it. No big deal. Book comes out, and he hands me the book. He's like, would you like me to sign a copy? (laughs) Nowhere in there was there any photo credit at all. No. Yeah. Oh
2: boy. Well, Aaron Levinsky of the Star Tribune gets <laughs> Well, now you're getting credit, credit right now. Yeah. I'm taking my yeah, credit you should take right. your due credit. My yes.
0: gosh. Oh, it's no offense at all. I didn't It's just like not receiving one of your books. I just, you know, <laughs> let, it go. <laughs> let yeah. it go. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're not holding actually, grudges. so I no, I'm just joking with you. And I do want to listen to it. And I've had other books sent to me and they're starting to pile up. And That's why I told you you don't need to get me the hard copy because I end up listening audiobooks just like podcasts when I'm driving. Yeah. I've got four kids at home. I pass totally. out when I open up. I was uh,
1: just going to say, I, I would give you crap normally for saying that, but at your stage in your life, as soon as you get a chance and you open up a book, I did at least three three minutes and I'm...
0: Oh, you know, yeah. sound asleep. I wake up yeah, an hour later, same. and I've got drool running down my face. <laughs> you're on and, the same page, <laughs> and I'm still. And I go, I have no idea what I just read. I right. can't even tell you I, anything. I, I, I will say
2: this briefly. Like uh, this is, I don't know, my 14th book or something, but I haven't had a book come out since 2015, and it's been amazing to me how many people have said to me, "Is it going to be an an audiobook? Because I, that's how I consume books nowadays." Yeah. And I think it's you guys are part of that. The rise of podcasting is part of that, but also. For all your listeners, like Brandon, engineered my audiobook and did an incredible job. And thanks to you guys, Brandon I got Morten, to use our podcast producer. Yep, Big yep, shout Brandon out to Brandon Morten. We give Who's... him credit at the start of every show. Yeah, as a name very familiar to all your listeners. And thanks to you guys, you let me use your studio. And if you listen to the audio book, you'll actually hear me thank you guys were on share productions and et cetera. So oh, that's great. Thanks
0: for that. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. So I didn't bring you in here to just sit and talk <laughs> about your book. I'm, quite, come on, come I'm on. happy for you, obviously, <laughs> but you're going to be at Pheasant Fest too. And that's why we're having this show. Part of the show is going to be about some things we're really excited about. And you're going to be there as well. What are you going to be doing at the I'm show? Speaking at the,
2: on the path to the Upland stage okay. on, on each day, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, a lot of other, great speakers on that stage mm-hmm. Hank Shaw Doug Duran, Ken Yang uh Mark Norquist I'm I'm giving a talk about it's basically about my kind of journey into hunting at around the age of 40 as an adult and and you know that's a steep hill to climb to figure out wh- how do you even do this how do you find people to hunt with how do you find places to hunt and so I'm going to give that talk and then uh yeah crosby and my dog will be there with me and Sweet. then i'll be walking around the floor and then also at the banquet the national um you know the pheasant fest. i mean the pheasants forever whale mm. forever banquet on saturday night i know you guys will be there um i'm giving the invocation
0: nice uh, for, have you written that. it yet have written it you have so i'm i am seeing the banquet and i after this podcast going to write my welcome speech (laughs) and i've got two others and then we're we're working on the video there's a lot of video production involved with yeah with the saturday night banquet now and aaron is uh, one of our main editors here is working on it as we speak so hopefully we'll get you pumped up and yeah uh, let's do it (laughs) yeah i don't know what are you gonna wear You know, I, 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 (laughs) you don't want to
2: clash, Tony, with whatever Travis is wearing. So I I don't have a blaze orange, uh,
0: Jack sport coat. Yep, you do,
2: right? Yeah, I do. I do.
0: But the thing is, now that I've given, I've MC'd quite a few banquets, which we'll get to your big show last, you know, the other day. Don't leave me hanging here. I'm not going to leave you hanging. We'll get there. Um, I don't know if the orange sport coat has run its course. I mean, like, and especially because Bob.
2: Wears an orange sport coat yeah. for three straight days. Yeah, Bob Saint Pierre.
0: Right. So then you're like, who's got the better orange sport coat? It's the same one. We both have the same one oh, out of the right? PF closet. <laughs> he gave it to me like five years ago when I started MCing banquets. He's oh. like, you and I are the same size. Where the <laughs> this- so this- he had two of them. Yeah, two children's two t- sizes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: yeah. Whoa. Love it. Love it. Anyway, Love it. it's
0: a beautiful sport coat, and it's yeah. the only place where it really makes sense, and I I stand behind this. It should be one of the options as a life member of PF or QF. Oh, you're right. You get an orange sport coat because when you walk in, it's just like everyone turns like, whoa. Oh yeah, it's like winning the
2: Masters
0: yeah. or something like
2: that. Yeah, it's you a great. Should, yeah, yeah it's like the green jacket in so, the NFL Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know, I, you get that the yellow jacket. So yeah.
0: I said, I think I'm going to wear a different jacket this year up on stage, and I got from a couple of people like, what do you what?
2: I think last year I wore a. I like a Filson wool vest. I think
0: I'll you're, probably. You yeah, you look like you're, you're straight you're, out of a Filson catalog. Yeah, you now. looked really uh, sharp is, last year.
2: This is actually compared Tom, to Travis. This is actually Tom Beckby, not to shout out any non. Oh, but uh, yeah, yeah. Too late. I'm sorry, but yeah, I think I'll I, I'll probably wear a sport coat. You know, not a tie. I, I, you, you always go into these things and you think even when I'm on stage like. Should I wear my like shooting shirt with my the blaze orange shoulders? Yeah, no, yeah. No, yeah, no, 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 probably
1: not.
0: Yeah,
2: probably
1: Do you guys, not. either you guys want to bring the big cock award and wear that for the banquet?
0: Um, I don't know that, that, that rooster has yeah, Some shotgun yeah.
2: shells on billing. Oh, wire. It's got to be earned, though. I don't think I. I would wear some flush gear if I had any. Well, Oh, well, we can tell you about
0: that. <laughs> Whoa, hey, just hang out a little funny bit. Funny you should ask, because Scott came prepared. He's got a whole... Well,
1: we got a whole stu- good, a shooting good. match for you there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get into a few things, and I'm glad you're here, because this is, we are prepping our audience. We have a live show Friday night at uh, Pheasant Fest. It's after the, the, yes. s- the show closes or wraps up. So Friday night, we're going to do a live show podcast, live podcast, just like we've done the last couple of years. And last year, we did a game show Upland Trivia that I put together. And it's if you live in Minnesota and you listen to K-Fan, the Power Trip Morning Show does the initial show. And it's a fun game to play. And the Upland Trivia game that I came is a spawn off of their show. I don't use initials, but it's a similar format to get you there. So I give you clues, and there's a panel. Last year, it was Scott Franzen, George Lyle, and Ron Bame, And we had our listeners, and they could be a part of the show. If I get through all the clues and our contestants cannot answer it, then somebody from the audience, the first one to raise their hand or yell their name or whatever we decided that night, could come up, answer the question, and take one of the prizes home. And so who won? Who do you think won out of all those contestants last year?
2: Gee, I can't remember who won. I know I it was highly won. contested. Yeah, I I'll tell remember. you that it
0: was me. highly this controversial. Is it I remember, con- is-
1: and, and it's simply because Travis is quite jealous of me that I oh. didn't win because I gave the right answer according to our NAFTA judge, Ron. And Travis, that was that, n- that was Travis debated. Went, eh.
0: for, that was debated <laughs> for months after the fact,
1: and then it's always got to be controversial. And then yeah. George pulled one out of his, you know what, and. Travis awarded George the cup.
0: And, and how that seems you, felt you know, the past mm-hmm. year, Scott?
1: I, I was robbed. It was the robbery. <laughs> <laughs> if you ask any normal human being and they say it was robbery, the NAFTA judge right to my left, Ron, is like, oh, yeah, that, that's the right answer. If you ask and it's anybody, it'd be, and
2: Travis, I know that in, in other sports, yeah. when somebody complains about the officiating, they're usually fined. So you might I mean, I want to levy a fine on Scott. I actually
0: didn't <laughs> want to bring him back this year on stage, but he's All i know is of is in I charge start of this if, operation. If, if so.
1: the whole contest starts at zero, <laughs> I start at negative 40 in Travis's oh. mind. That's where we start. <laughs> I'm
0: not even in the contest. Yeah, so no, at but I,
1: I'm, a, I, you know, it's like running a race with an anchor tied behind your back. Scott, and, didn't you win? No, I got second. <laughs>
0: Oh, you didn't win! No, George won. <laughs> George won. won. <laughs> so George is the reigning champ. Yes. This whole week I have been preparing this game. Which yes, is it now was that complete. last
1: question was the controversial so question. So round wow. two is
0: now complete. Now I do want to tell you, Tony, and all of our listeners to come and join us for this game because I have created a game for <laughs> Scot- <laughs> Scott and. I have given clues so that hopefully he doesn't get them right. Oh. Yes. So you've created a See, game against, it's like, like a basically, stack the cards I against him. The cards against it's like Scott. going into a
1: boxing match if, with one hand tied behind if your if back. If he
0: wins, okay. that is really going to be something to brag about. Okay. But I've also created a game for our audience oh, where I'm God. going to call. Brandon and I were talking, and he's like, you got to do another additional round for the audience because it, it actually gets to be pretty heated yes. and fun. And the clues are, aren't exactly what you think sometimes, but they all will get you to the answer if you're able to put them together. So I'm going to give you a couple of examples. You two can compete right now. This is going to mentally prepare Scott. I'm going to try to help him out this time. And, Tony, this will also give you an idea if you should come and maybe make it up on you know, stage. Guest appearance. I'll, I'll raise my yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah. make a guest hand. appearance again. Okay, you guys ready for this? Sure. All right. Six clues. Let's see. These are from last year's show. Maybe. Maybe not. Uh, I'm going to go with. Okay. Clue number one. Often Harry. Wait. Do we have to buzz you, in? Or? Say your name if you know the answer. Yep. Okay. Tony. And if you get it wrong, then you're out for the remainder of the round. He Tony. already said his name. No. So you don't want to answer too quick because then you're done. No, it's I think Scott, I know. You said
2: Harry. What's that? Often Harry. Tony, the feet
0: of rough grouse. No, and you're out for the <laughs> remainder of the round. Sometimes you no, just <laughs> went, listen to all the clues. Sometimes reddish or greenish in appearance. You're a, gone. A good home uh, often appears when pheasant hunters daydream. Can be annual or perennial. You know what it is now, Tony. getting closer. I think it is sometimes known as turkey foot. It's a, gra- is it blue stem? That's right. <laughs>
2: yeah. Hey, congrats. Blue stem
0: is the correct answer. I will do another one. That was last year's question. Yeah, it was one yeah. from last year. I, this, I they're got it wrong. not going to be the same this year, obviously. All right, here we go. Next one. Ready? Now sure, you know how to play sure, the game, Tony? Sure. All right. See how he humbles you? He does it. Yeah, that's I, true. No. Blue number one. I've been known to get drunk a time or two. You'll see me at the state capitol in Pennsylvania, Scott rough grouse that's right. It is the state game bird of Pennsylvania, nice. and then my next clue was I can play in a band because they're a drummer. Mm-hmm. I am considered royalty, the king mm-hmm. the most widely distributed game bird in North America. and last clue, I am not a partridge, so what ends up happening is you guess too early you're you like sometimes the clues. You might think you're you're onto it right away, but eventually I'll get you there if you stay in long enough. But how late do you wait to ring? Sometimes
2: in? you shoot the moon, and yeah,
0: yeah exactly. You might get and it right. sometimes you get it on the first one. Sometimes yeah. not.
1: Yeah. That's what Ron kept doing. He kept shooting the moon, and then yeah. he wasn't getting it. Is that right? And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the questions get bring you there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. Oh, that's. Good. Uh, you want one more, or should we just move on? Well, I remembered
1: that one from last year, so it's Tony's kind of playing the game uh, with one hand. I'll do hand one more. On. I'll do yeah. one
0: more. All right, dates back to at least the 1830s. as ties to Newfoundland. First introduced to Britain from ships. Scott. Tra- Labrador Retriever. That's right. Gosh dang, I,
1: I thought that's probably what it was. Yeah. I got that one last year too. Yeah. That's good.
0: Yeah. It Travis
1: said you
2: better get that oh, one. No, <laughs> yeah, no,
0: I throw him a couple of. Uh, no,
2: that's a good one.
0: Hanging curveballs there, and he smacked that one out. Don't make my easygoing personality for low energy were bred with British hunting dogs to create what they're known as today. Their dense, hard coat comes in yellow, black, and luscious chocolate. So eventually I get yeah, you there, yeah, right? Yeah.
1: Trust me, they're and not going to be that I have easy. Actual information for me, too.
0: On. So it gets pretty wild when everyone's, you know, nervous up there jumping. because obviously yeah, the bragging sure. rights, that's a big deal. We do have a uh, quite a quite an array. We got a lot of prizes. We got a lot of prizes. So let's, let's just get some information out there right now about the show itself. Uh, Let's see here. I'm going to pull it up right now. The show itself, uh, it is at 6 PM at Remedy Brewing's 611 location. So Remedy Brewing has two locations in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. The 611 location is like four or five blocks from the Danny Sanford Center, which is really convenient. It's perfect. And they basically reserved the whole space for us. Correct. On Friday night. In the past, we have not been able to house everybody at the venue. Last year, I know, Tony, sorry. Tried to get in. I know. I know. Couldn't get in. I know. This year, we got room for you, bud. I, I hope you make it. I I'm really going to try, yeah. And so the whole space is for us. Right. And I, I'm excited about it because it's fun when we fill the place. And then it leads to the atmosphere that makes <laughs> highly a lot charged. of heckling highly charged. Yeah, a lot of heckling, I- <laughs> a lot of fun. So Scott Franzen, Tyler Webster, George Lyle are the contestants. Like I said, there's going to be a second round for the audience if you're up to it. There's going to be let's see, uh, we've got giveaways from Chief Upland, Best Rufflin has prizes to give away, Onyx Hunt Elite memberships, Walton's Inc. sent us. Uh, a gift pack, a Negrini case, Tony. Mm, that in itself, dang. I mean, some Mr. flush. I need swag. one of those. Yeah, some flush items. Yeah. Ready rest, Mister Heater, and potentially some kicks choke tubes. We're gonna
1: need a trailer to bring all We're gonna this need stuff. A trailer, <laughs> a
0: lot to give away, and really, bragging rights are on the line here. It's a big deal. Any any trash talk you want to do to your competition that might be listening right now as they drive to Sioux Falls, Scott?
1: Well, two things. I do know that. You have rigged the deck against me, but that's it's okay. True. It's true. Um, Tyler will be trash talking the whole time. George will sit in the weeds and be very quiet until he gets a couple in him, and then watch out. So I'll, I'm just going to
0: bide my time, do what I always do, slow but sure, and end up victorious. You know, the NFL players, after they catch an interception, they run to mm-hmm. the end zone. Do a little they dance. In, they have their little dance. Do oh, you I've have ar- anything prepared?
1: I've, I do, but I can't tell right now. No, yeah. Right, you gotta, yeah. I, just, I don't
0: want to see it. <laughs> we Nobody used to. When I, play, but, when I I mean, played
1: college football, um, our defensive line coach would have us practice our touchdown dance, <laughs> which oh is pretty God. fun. Yeah. He, he's like, okay, guys, now we're practicing your touchdown dance. And he said, back then, it was a penalty if you... Demonstrator spiked the ball. He said, "I will take the 15-yard penalty if you score a touchdown." The defensive line, we're celebrating. Let's go! And we'd all one at a time practice our touchdown dances. So, oh, did you I ever got... get to do it in the game? No, uh... I didn't. But I had a good one. I had a good one.
2: Well, I'll tell you, I, I play, I, I play in, a, in an occasional poker game uh, with some former Edina hockey dads, and I, do, I do, I take that same strategy where I just keep refilling their beers. Mm-hmm. And then I play very conservative poker until they're like four or five beers in. And then suddenly I bet the house. Yes, exactly. <laughs> all so in. I'm do all you <laughs>
0: take offense to cake eaters? You know, the no, hockey? No, I'm, no. No. So I posted a all. picture because one of my boys was playing diner a couple yeah, weeks ago. And, and they lost, I'm sure. Your no, boys we came storming back. Let's really? go, Waconia Wildcats. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! And yes, it was an amazing game. It was so fun to watch. The place was electric. 9, 10, and 11-year-old kids. People love eating Edina. It is, they do. Wild, yeah. Well,
1: Edina girls just won the state high school hockey tournament. They're always good.
2: Always good.
0: And, you know, it goes back to um, uh, Mighty Ducks, right? The cake eaters.
2: It goes back before that to when my mom was in high school. Okay,
0: so when I said versus the cake eaters on my post, so then I got all kinds of, like, Every day I need attention, Edina, you That's know, and all the, this yep, other stuff. Yep, but some people yep. were, were cheering. Some people were offended by it. And I was like, no. It's, no, it's all meant in good fun. Yeah.
2: It is. And I mean, at, truly, I've been places around the world and people find <laughs> out you're from Edina and they're like, cake, oh, eater. cake eater. Truly. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, totally. About. Well, they I'm got, okay with
0: it. We, we played Edina again. This, a Gene's days a cake ago. eater. Didn't end well. The a cake gen- eaters again. Gene is a cake eater. My wife. <gasps> She's a cake wow. eater. He married yeah. up. Married yeah, up. I did. I'll kick my coverage <laughs> married up. I think we all married up. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. A question that we get asked regularly is where is a good spot to pheasant hunt in South Dakota? Well, Huron is an excellent place to hunt pheasants. They have over 30,000 acres of publicly accessible hunting land within 20 miles of their city limits. They also have five dog friendly hotels in town and the Huron area is home to more than 10 different lodges and outfitters that are all ready to make your hunting experience memorable and turnkey. Huron is regularly ranked first or second in pheasants harvested in the state of South Dakota each year, and their hosts pride themselves on treating guests like family. If that isn't enough, you're also invited to participate in Huron's 27th Annual Ringneck Festival and Burg Dog Challenge, October 31st through November 2nd. It's a six-man competition that you will never forget. So I guess to answer the question about a great spot to hunt pheasants in South Dakota, I'd suggest looking at one of the many options in Huron. Visit the Huron team at Pheasant Fest this year or check them out at hunthuronsd.com. If there's one thing that we live for here at The Flush, it's bird hunting. And we all know that you can't have good bird hunting without good habitat. Few people know more about bird habitat than Hoxie Native Seeds. Family owned and operated, Hoxie Native Seeds has provided bird hunters across the Midwest with countless acres of premium native habitat mixes sourced straight from their own fields in the heart of Iowa. Perennial food plots, quail mixes, pheasant mixes, CRP, even dog-friendly seed mixes. To learn more, go to hoxienativeseeds.com. That's H-O-K-S-E-Y nativeseeds.com to order your own premium hunting habitat mixes today. Flush Nation,
1: are you tired of lugging your shotgun through the fields, feeling the strain on your back and shoulders? Well, no more. Introducing Ready Rest, the ultimate shotgun rest designed for hunters like you. Ready Rest is a game changer that lets you carry your shotgun effortlessly for hours without fatigue setting in. Ready Rest lets you go longer and put on more boot miles. Whether you're a seasoned hunter or a beginner just starting out, ReadyRest is perfect for anyone who wants a little extra support in the field. If you've ever experienced arm, shoulder, or back pain while carrying a shotgun, ReadyRest is your solution. ReadyRest keeps your shotgun safely pointed up, ready to shoulder. It's the ideal companion for those long days in the field, giving you confidence to go the distance without tiring. Get Ready Rest now and take your hunting
2: experience to the next level. Visit ReadyRest.com to grab your ready Rest today because
0: everybody deserves a break. Um, let, we let, sort of kind of getting in the weeds here, but sort of not. I think this is a good conversation that we should talk about right now. Last and it's got I haven't even talked to you since this happened. But uh, on my way home from the office last week on oh. Thursday night, I'm sitting there long day. The boss just grinded. Oh, me Oh, just beat him down. Just beat, beat down. him down. So I'm exhausted and I'm sitting on the highway and it's a there's four cars ahead of me it's a red light and i'm not even moving and i just i take this deep breath and i lean my head all the way back and i close my eyes for a split second waiting for the light to turn green and all of a sudden bam just got clobbered just absolutely clobbered rear ended tony no by a car doing 30 plus miles an hour holy
2: smokes trap
0: what dude was, it was someone was it, on their phone i I don't know. Probably. I mean, I asked that question. Uh, I did see her phone on the mount in the dash. Her car was total. Wow. I mean, they had to tow it away. Oh, my gosh. I, have a, I had a trailer hitch in, and, I, you know, she just smashed that, bent the um, bumper down. And what a bummer. I mean, it was pretty, pretty scary. You just don't think of it happening, right? I yeah. mean, you just, it happens so quick. But because I had leaned all the way back, fully relaxed, and didn't see it coming, I didn't tense up. I didn't have any whiplash at all, wow. and I felt no worse for the wear. So Friday, you were not sore. I was not sore,
1: no. The weird thing about that story, Tony, is Anna, our social media content producer, goes home the same way,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and she texted me. I was still at the office because I work late. Travis leaves <laughs> around two. Yeah, if you uh, would have <laughs> showed up before noon, uh, she said, "I think I." S- Travis is in a car accident. I said, why do you think that? He said, Well, there's a truck that looks just like his with a dog kennel pulled over to the side of the road at 101 and 7. And i so I
0: texted Travis. A chiseled specimen standing. Yeah, next a chiseled specimen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, wearing camel vests. I waited a little while
1: and then texted him and he said yes. And he told me the story via text. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, thank goodness. Yeah. He wasn't hurt. She no, wasn't she hurt. wasn't hurt. Yep,
0: airbags went off, and her yours vehicle, didn't you know, go off, did that? Not mine. In her okay. vehicle, airbags went off, and you know it was fluid all over the on the road and yeah. steam rise and all that. Was stuff. Daisy in her crate in the back? She was. That's why I'm telling you the story wow. here. So, um, I have her kennel strapped down in the back, and I'm sitting on the side of the road waiting for the police officers to arrive, and the tow truck to come, you know, and um, it just—I'm just staring at it, thinking, one, how grateful I am that nobody got hurt, that she didn't get hurt, and I just calmed her down and said, "It's okay, you're not hurt. That's all that matters. Nobody's hurt." I opened the kennel door. I checked on Daisy. She looked at me with these big eyes, like, "What? What happened, Dad?" Oh, but not, no worse for the wear. Wow. And I just, as I was standing there, I put her back in the kennel, and I thought, if that thing wasn't tied down. She might have gotten ejected. If she was riding shotguns sitting on the seat in the car, she might have gone into the windshield, windshield or mm-hmm. who knows, you know, and yeah. how often do you see that? How often do we do that? And I'm not calling anybody out here for yeah. what they do. I'm just, I was just really grateful in that moment that one, I had a kennel that was well-built Two, that. I tied it down and, and she was no worse for the wear because at that speed, that quick, how dangerous it could have been mm-hmm. and how different it could be right now
1: i i have to admit i think i told you this a while back i did not used to tie my my crates down i always had two and i figured well they're they're kind of locked in there a little bit and i had stuff all around them Oh, well, not a big deal well then i started went um strapping them down with millie because i never had another crate and this year i told you this story i was going out pheasant hunting last week of the minnesota season and i was out far west minnesota about 6:30 at night, and all of a sudden I see two deer on the side of the road, and they're looking across, and I'm talking via on the phone, but not to my head through the Apple Play, and I said, "Hang on, hang on, whoa, oh, here they come!" and and I lock them up, and similar thing except different, where Millie's kennel moved three inches, nowhere, swear, her dog food was all the way in the front seat. I had dog food all over my car. Mm. I, I pulled over, checked everything, checked her. She was okay. But it was the same thing, Travis. Had she not been strapped down, she'd have been in the front seat with her crate. Maybe hit me in the head or what? who knows what have happened. And so I'm a, now a big believer of that too. And, and I'm always slow to the party, as you know. And you'll see this in the game on a Friday. Uh, I'm a big believer in strapping down those crates now.
0: Yeah. And, and I would say, you know, like even looking back at our trip a couple weeks ago to Mississippi, you mm-hmm. know, like it was, you did have it strapped down, but I don't think that those straps there, like just well, from Millie's what I was, now, Millie's
1: was strong and was a, was a thicker so, strap. Yeah, yeah. Maybe
0: Daisy's wasn't like, I, I, I like a solid ratchet strap. Yeah. Is the only way to keep that thing from with that kind of impact. And obviously a crash can happen in any direction. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just it was just something that I I actually shared the video on my page because I just wanted to just remind people because I sometimes need reminders on how quick things can happen and go bad. And maybe, you know, I've had people reach out saying it's a good reminder and I don't always strap mine down and I I need to. So I really think, uh, I'm grateful Mm -hmm. for, for, you know, taking that time and doing that, but also just, um, that you know nobody got hurt in that situation and it can happen. (laughs) It can you just don't think about it until it's too late. Accidents are always happening. Um where did I want to go from here? Let's before I've got a whole bunch of really good stories from our listeners that I think maybe we'll get to, but also um do you guys I mean this is really off the cuff here, but maybe think about a couple of stories that you might want to share or anything that happened. I know Scott, we've talked about there's one maybe potential (laughs) entire podcast we talk or we could do yeah, it now if you want.
1: Well why don't we save that for a different okay day just, okay because I don't want to dominate. Too you late know,
0: for that. I know. You already look <laughs> at we'll those muscles flexing over there. Why Did, don't you get into what you're offering or what we're gonna have at Pheasant Fest. Great idea. Okay. Great idea. So
1: this year we are going to be uh selling some merchandise. Um but we we will not be selling it from our booth. Okay. We're going to be selling it from the Prairie Grass Outfitters booth, which is number one, nine, one, seven. And we're going to have five different products there. We have three styles of hats. Um, Some people may have seen them, maybe not, but we have a a gray and white trucker cap with the flush logo on it. We have a gray and orange mesh back trucker cap with the flush on it. And then we have, An orange blaze cap with a tan bill uh, trekker cap that will be for sale, as well as two different quarter zips. One, a lighter mesh with black, I'm wearing it now, black and orange sleeves uh, will be for sale, as well as a full blaze orange uh, quarter zip with a little heavier, it's a little more sweatshirt material. um, Will be for sale, again, at booth 1917 prairie grass outfitters booth. Um, and we've got sizes in the quarter zips. We've got limited inventory and everything. We're just really trying to blow this stuff out. Um, we've got like five mediums in the blaze orange. We've got nine larges in the blaze orange. We've got nine double X and eight XLs. Um, and then in the, um, black and orange sleeve mesh, we've got 10 medium 13 large um so and eight extra large wait i gave the wrong sizes there anyway so yeah and we've got the point is you got limited and then so, so if you buy yeah. or have you know, already some some people have already purchased some of our stuff you come over to our booth show us your flush merchandise we've got these super duper cool blaze orange flush koozies, and okay. we'll give you um, a couple of koozies for as a kind of a gift with purchase. So you're gonna be all swagged out in sure. flushed stuff.
0: And the goal here, you sell these, the money goes to? The money goes to,
1: that? the profits that we raise from this go to Pheasants Forever.
0: Yep. Yep. Pretty cool. Um, once these are gone, what do you think? Are you doing this again or?
1: We'll, we, we still will have things on the website for sale that are different than this. We have t-shirts, um, vests, et cetera. But yeah, we'll, we'll look at trying to maybe freshen it up and come up with some new things for this coming year.
0: Got it. Are you, what are you most looking forward to for and fest?
1: Besides winning the trivia Besides contest game the, and that could be it. Uh, yeah. It, I, well, that's my number one thing mm. I'm looking forward to. Um, then the other thing that I look forward to the most is I love talking to people that come by our booth and hearing their hunting stories, hearing, um, Maybe if they've watched a particular episode of ours that they like, why they like it, finding out what they might want us to to try and film in upcoming seasons. It's just fun talking to people. Mm -hmm. It's like a a big reunion almost with relatives that are, some are, we see a lot and some are distant and you see them once every few years at Pheasant Fest and you kind of catch up. I love that part. Mm -hmm. How about you? What are you looking
0: for? Yeah, I'm with you on that. It's it ends up being kind of a busy couple of days. Mm-hmm. Like it go, it's a blur, and I've learned that it's you know for me in particular the last two or three years it's really gotten hectic. I'm not doing any uh, speaking uh, on stage this year for any of the because there's there's multiple stages. Path to the Uplands. There's a bird dog stage. There's a public lands public land stage yeah. stage. yeah, and in the past I have spoken. A couple of times there. And then we always end up doing a live show, which mm-hmm. is a lot of fun. But th- what ends up going, it's just like we go from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And the stories never stop. Right. You know, and then it's it's a lot of fun. I usually lose my voice around Saturday, 2 or 3 p.m. I've got to try to keep it in check because I've got to speak Saturday night. That, to me, is just a real huge honor. And I I feel really grateful to be asked to do it the first time and then when they asked me a second time i was like oh i didn't bomb the first time
1: (laughs) you should be honored that is a big honor and you did a great job the first time and i know you do a great job this
0: time yeah i'm excited it's it's a banquet that's been sold out for a while uh it really is the largest gathering of upland hunters in the world i mean tony for you to speak there too i mean what does it mean to you it's incredible i i
2: um you know i i was i was really honored to be asked last year to give the invocation. And as I was saying, like before we started taping today, it's tricky giving these public, back in the day when I was a pastor, I would sometimes, Hey, can you come and give the invocation at the, at the Boy Scout blue and gold dinner, the Cub Scout blue and gold dinner, whatever you would do stuff like this, but this is obviously at a much different scale. And, you know, you try to write something that um, is going to, Every, it's going to be meaningful to everybody in the room. And it's not going to be, um, it, it can't be sectarian to, you know, it it can't be like from one religious perspective because there's, I don't know how many people are in that room. 1500 people are in that room mm-hmm. or something. Maybe, yeah.
0: yeah. I think and, this one, yeah, something around there, but then you've so, got all the staff and yeah. Got, so you really want
2: to write something that makes everybody, it brings some kind of sacredness to the event. So you know, here the, the way I approach it is um the same way I, frankly I approach writing the book, is that for a, a lot of us who are so um we're so passionate about the outdoors and particularly about upland hunting, it's like it's a spiritual thing. It it gives some meaning to our lives. It's not just a hobby we do on the side. Like people who are gonna be in Sioux Falls this weekend, especially the people who will be at the banquet, are really passionate about this. This is like and I've part of their lives. I agree, and I and maybe I'm mistaken. You guys
1: weigh in on this too. I feel like the momentum for that passion over the last five six years, from what I have seen, keeps ratcheting up. And um, you know, we were at Sioux Falls. When was that, Travis? 2018 I, or 17? I would say it's
0: four years ago, maybe five.
1: Yeah, and and it was great. It was huge. And that was to me where things kind of started. And and I'm looking at it from probably our perspective of um, how many people have come to us and say, oh, I've listened to the podcast or seen that show and things like that. But the brotherhood aspect of this Upland gathering has grown, in my opinion. Or maybe I was oblivious to it before. As I said, I'm always slow to the party, and I'm catching on now.
0: We're so immersed in this. We're we're in it 365 days a year. Yeah. And there's a lot of people, and I wonder the same thing, too, because everywhere I go, I feel like people are, oh, I love this show. I love that or whatever the podcast. Thanks for doing this. And it's just like it's a constant thing that I don't ever get out of. I don't feel like there's an off season anymore. And I'm always around and immersed in this organization and, you know, the, the Habitat organization and everything about the upland space. We're so immersed in it that it just feels like it's. Grown, but I sometimes wonder if I were to step out of it, is it? And that's well, what I don't know. I mean, because yeah. the social side of it has grown so. Uh, here, here's
2: what I think's a big difference. Like, if you think about you guys, even four or five years ago, you had a TV show, a well-established yeah. TV show, but that's that's a 22 minutes, highly curated uh, uh, medium. Mm-hmm. That that TV show. Now people are hearing your voices every week. And you're telling about a car wreck you were in, or you're telling about doing something with your kids. And then they're seeing you on Instagram and seeing you guys run around with your dogs in the office. Like they're seeing you as human beings now. And I think that's what the podcast is at connecting to each other. I mean, I've, I've gotten a few people reach out to me. They listen to my podcast or they say, can you come to my booth and be on my podcast um, and I think that's the change in the last five years. I agree. I think the podcast is
1: out of that element for us. And, um, for, for me going on the third year of the Hank hunt, what, what I'd say in terms of this brotherhood is we just finished up the third year of the Hank hunt. We have a couple podcasts, whatnot, but now we've had 8, 15, 21 to 22 different hunters join us on that hunt. And I would say every one of those people, I would go hunting the, with again and they hunt the
0: Even same me, way as I, I was there this year
1: Travis, I love sharing a field with you <laughs> and and that to me is a, a real bonding thing to know that um, it's it's kind of the same for all of us I guess that we're 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 uniquely tied there's this love of the hunting dogs and stuff but it's we you know there's nuances to how we hunt and things like that with our dogs and whatnot but like I said three years in a row we've done that Every one of these hunters has been a fantastic person. A and B. If they ever said, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm out in Minnesota. You want to go hunting?" If I could, you bet. You know, and that's neat. I think that's and that's also an element the podcast is at it because they learned end the social media. They learned about that hunt from the podcast or our social media.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I've, even this past few days, I've been texting with a couple of hunters that were down mm-hmm. in Mississippi with us. It's, we exchanged numbers and you know they're similar life stage young kids and it's just been kind of a well, continuous you're going to have
2: people come up to you at pheasant fest and say i got rear-ended one time and this is what happened to my truck oh, yeah, and my I've dog already, I, and they're yeah. only they that if there was just the flush television show right. they wouldn't know that happened but mm-hmm. you're i think all of us are sharing more of our lives it's still curated you know it's not we're not necessarily sharing everything about our lives but we share we're more open. And it's sure. like, you guys aren't just TV stars. You're like well, Travis is. Yeah. That's uh, a different level. I The makeup and yeah. the whole thing. Oh, yeah. I get it. Which <laughs> t- we <laughs> have <laughs> a whole crew coming down to make. Him <laughs> yeah, <own>. exactly. <laughs> totally he travels <laughs> with his own makeup artist. I know. She's. Have you ever done sprays, makeup sprays, in any of
0: your TV shows? Of
2: course. Of course. I've You've never my, done it. Oh,
0: come on. My oh, wife. I do. Do every my, time I go. Out. My, so my wife I've been is on live news, which a lot of the people, they wear it. And you're like, dude, that's too much. Somebody needs no. to tell you you've got too much on. Get the cake I, off. I, I think I had, Bill Shirk and I are the only two that I know that have never done it. Scott, you've never put. No, me on. no I had, had one. Can't, be- you can't
2: hide this beauty, track. I, I know.
0: you don't want to cover this up.
2: I was on MSNBC once on Morning Joe yeah. when my last book came out, and that was like legit green room. They spray you with like the the the, the spray, tanner, the spray tan thing to keep the you know so you're. Head isn't shine because it's nothing but lights in Let's there. Let's do
0: this at the live show. Let's do this on Friday night. You bring in the set. You bring in all that gear and shine then you up do that head of mine, You, get baby. Scott, oh, you can get I Tyler know. and you can get the cowboy George. I will. I. How many
2: bald guys could there possibly be at an upland hunting convention? Well,
0: there'll be two for sure. Wait, <laughs> oh, yeah, three? Yeah, three. Uh, this room is full. Uh, <laughs> Okay. If, if we look at this about, row, the are going <laughs> to be <laughs> really Almost. high. There's no question that we're living through a strange winter this year, but that next Arctic blast can hit at any moment. One thing that many of us still need to prepare for in our outdoor adventures is heat. Mr. Heater is the king at bringing heat into the wildest places. I've used a Mr. Heater Buddy Heater for years when I go ice fishing, camping, and when I bring my kids out hunting in the deer blind or duck and goose blinds to keep them comfortable enough to enjoy the experience. One thing that I've really noticed lately is the cost of all those one pound propane tanks that run my Buddy Heater. The price has skyrocketed. That's why Mr. Heater launched a new product called the Fuel Keg. The Mr. Heater Fuel Keg allows you to fill your own one-pound propane tanks directly from your own propane sources at home, like a 20-pound tank. It takes about 60 seconds to fill, and it's really easy to use. The Fuel Keg comes with its own adapter kit, and for obvious safety reasons, you'll want to make sure that you follow the directions they provide. If you use this kind of heat for your outdoor adventures, the Fuel Keg is a big deal that can save you a lot of money and save hundreds of thousands of those one-pound propane tanks, from making it into our landfills. Find the full lineup of Mr. Heater items along with their new fuel keg at MrHeater.com. If you're an active outdoorsman or woman on the go, then odds are good that you have toys and equipment that you need to haul. Well, our friends at Aluma Trailers, they've got you covered. Their trailers are built by a hardworking team in Bancroft, Iowa, right here in the good old USA. They have models for all of your hauling needs, From ATV and UTV trailers to utility, snowmobile, motorcycle, car trailers, and even fully enclosed trailers like mine. Trust me when I say that Aluma Trailers tow gear like a dream. Their trailers are constructed out of lightweight, strong, corrosion-resistant aluminum, and they are 100% maintenance-free. Plus, they come with an industry-best 5-year warranty. Visit alumaklm.com to find a trailer that fits your needs now's a great time to make the most of all that tasty meat you harvested maybe it's time to try a new recipe sprinkle on a new seasoning or make your own jerky and sausage trust me it's not that hard to do and it can be fun for the whole family it doesn't matter what you harvested or what you want to prepare with it walton's has you covered walton's has everything but the meat that's their motto Waltons.com has everything, and I mean everything you need to process and prepare your meat. Plus, they have an online community called MeatGistics that's full of recipes and meat processing information. The sky's the limit, my friends. You don't have to be a pro to cook like one. Head to Waltons.com today and enjoy meat processing season. Thankfully, it's a season that never ends. A couple other things. So yes, we're going to have a booth, Scott, and we, as you mentioned, you've got this We've got items that, uh, for sale for the uh, benefit of conservation, mm-hmm. and we hope that you guys sell them out. Yep, sell yep. them out. Go buy them. Yep. We're also going to be um, doing the, the Friday night show. Uh, I'm trying to think. Did, did you ask me what my favorite thing would be? Yes, I did. Oh, yeah, I, if I had the chance, this is what I wanted to say. If I had the chance, I want to go sit and listen to the seminars. I really honestly want to go sit yeah. and listen. I could sit all day at the bird dog stage and listen to the seminars. There's legends talking mm-hmm. there. And I've just, I've enjoyed anytime I've been in the room or in the space with other dog trainers, there's so much knowledge. And to me, I just want to soak it all in. So if I wasn't sitting at our booth or a different place, I would probably find myself in a chair listening to Rick and Ronnie Smith or, you know, just one of those dog trainers. I, I, apologize. I don't have the entire list. Tom Dockin will be there. Tom Daken, yeah. Like we've been, yeah. yeah I, it's a, it's a really solid list of dog trainers. So I would probably find myself there. It,
1: for us, we're just continue down that road. Yeah. We, you and I will be there Friday yeah. all day until probably about five o'clock. We go get ready. You're going to be podcast. at our
0: booth the whole time. Unfortunately, yeah. I'm not. Oh, you're not. Time. Okay. Yeah, What's so, your schedule? So Friday, my schedule, I'll be at the chief Upland booth from one to two on Friday. The Nutrisource uh, booths from three to four. And then depending on our podcast setup with Brandon, Brandon does a great job, probably heading over to Remedy Brewing at five. If I've been hearing from a lot of people that are coming. So if you want to make sure, and I don't even know what the space looks like. I don't yet, either. either. So I'm hoping there's room for.
1: There will be food there for yep, people yep. if they want. So the pizzas, maybe I come think. at
0: 530, maybe get there a little early to make sure. So the show starts at 6. We're going to get it going at 6 because then at 9, there's an Onyx after party. I think we're going to head to that as yep. well and support our friends at Onyx. They support us. We're going to support them. And then Saturday, I will be in our booth for most of the day and also at the Chief Upland booths from 11 to noon. And then at Sportsman's Guide, their booth from 1 to 2 on saturday when i'm not at those ones i'll be at the bird dog stage trying to learn something <laughs> just kidding i'll be at our scott well now
1: i will be at our like you said our booth because i have i'm not a star so i don't have to make any appearances anywhere else i'll be at our booth friday and then all day saturday until probably four o'clock or so
0: yeah and unfortunately with the banquet uh, the rehearsal and all that i'm not going to be at our booth very late saturday afternoon just because we have to go through all of that so i we will be there though we'll be on the floor we'll at some point somewhere basically from thursday we're going to trample by turtles concert for conservation thursday night tony you're gonna to go party i'll be there you'll be there yeah we're looking forward to it it is a fun weekend and people travel from around the country i've heard from several yes people coming from other countries yeah well pf does a great job of adding new things
1: to each pheasant fest too to try and you know the trampled by turtles concert the uh now on x has their after party concert, party concert it's just great
0: yeah do you guys are you cool if i read a couple of stories yeah. because we've had multiple listener shows over the last couple of weeks last month and a half probably we asked our listeners for their stories that they might be willing to share with us on air and then we had them you know, join us. Brandon did a great job setting it up. It was fun. But I also received a lot of stories that came in that I just think are good stories to read themselves because people took the time, like you, Tony, to write down stories. And sometimes just sitting back and reading is a lot of fun. I've enjoyed a few of them. And I think we'll start with one and see how many we get through. We're already 45 minutes into this show. So this one comes to us from, I don't want to get the name wrong here. So what did I do? I got the name wrong here. Ah, too many open documents. Okay, this one comes to us from Jacob Schurter. And we'll call it Mufasa. Ready, boys? The excited chopping bark of the hounds bounced through the black. Bathed in shadows, the only light coming from the stars above. It was a sharp change from the moments before when the only noise was the mournful bay of the hounds as they hunted through the darkness. Breaths were held in anticipation as the men waited for this moment. The dogs were letting them know that their quarry was treed. The two quickly moved through the woods, tripping and stumbling in the darkness. They had to hurry before the coon figured out how to escape the tree. To the epicenter of the noise, they made it in confusion. Where were the dogs? All around, they looked as the echoing barks were hard to pinpoint. Finally, they looked up, and way up in the silver maple above them were the two hounds. Two silhouettes against the night sky, blacker than coal. Instantly, they understood what had happened. The raccoon ran up the leaning maple, only to jump to the neighboring oak, shimmy down, and run off into the swamp. The dogs, crazed with bloodlust, had climbed the leaning tree after the raccoon and once at the top were stuck. The tree was too skinny to turn around. And unwaveringly committed to the scent, the dogs were not going to come down of their own free will. Now the men were in a bind. How to remove the dogs back to the earth without injury? That was a conundrum. Enticing with treats? Nope. The dogs only wanted fur. Finally, it was decided. The man who owned the dogs would stay on the ground as a spotter, and the guest would climb up the tree and grab the dogs one at a time and would scooch back down the tree and deposit them into their owner's arms. Up the tree he scooched, wrapping the trunk with his thighs and arms. What a chaotic sight it was. Two hounds and a large man 15 feet in the air. He made it up to the first dog and, encouraged by his presence, As reinforcement, the dogs cranked up the tempo, sure that he was there to help them capture their hard-earned prize. He grabbed the first dog by the hind end and pulled and struggled and wrestled, but he had too little purchase to control the dog as it dug its nails in. Then he had an idea. He hollered down the tree, You ready for this? The man below knew instantly what he was about to do and prepared himself. Waiting for the next opportunity, the man above seized his moment. With all his strength, he wound up and shoved the first dog right off the tree of the, right off the trunk of the tree and breathlessly watched as it plummeted into the void below with a fearsome yelp. Whoop! (laughs) Then silence. I got him, was the yell from below. Do it again! Filled with confidence and with A humorous gleam in his eye, the second man moved closer to the second canine. The mood in the tree had changed. Apprehension replaced by levity for the man. Bloodlust replaced by distrust and fear for the hounds. Did that human just shove his buddy out of this tree? Utter betrayal. As the dog peered down the the trunk on the tree between his legs, he saw the man crawling closer and closer. Tense with anticipation, the dog clenched its claws, and when the man shoved the dog, was able to catch the tree by its two front legs and hung there in the night. Unbelievable, thought the man in the tree. He was trying to pry the dog's feet off the trunk one at a time, but no sooner would he remove one than it would be replaced, and the claws would dig in like a tiger. Out of frustration, he repositioned, grabbed both feet, and looked down into the panicked dog's eyes its long ears swinging in the breeze. Sorry, buddy, he said as he pulled up and pushed back and sent the second dog into the void. Whoop. I got him, laughing the dog's master. praised his dogs for being brave boys, looked up and yelled, but you just lion king my dog. And from <laughs> that day forward, his dog was known as <laughs> what an awesome story. Uh, you remember yeah. that scene in my like, I do. Where he yeah. <clears throat> yeah. the fist and then he lets go. That is a re- really well written,
2: really well written, really yeah.
0: re- re- well written story by Jacob Scherter. Appreciate you sending that story in. You guys want another one? Sure. You have any comments on it? Does that bring you back at all? I know that wasn't, these are bird hunters, but also, you know, it, it's a dog out in the woods at night. And I've always been fascinated by coon dogs and I've always wanted to go out in the night. Have you ever done it?
2: No, but one of my cousins had a rescue coon hound and uh, we'd be up at our lake place and it'd be two in the morning and some, and then you'd hear that coon hound just three miles away (laughs) howling. Yeah. And we'd wake up Angie, Angie, better go find your dog because that dog had somehow gotten out.
0: Well, I think as a kid, of, yeah. where the red fern grows, was yes, a movie course, that I watched yes. a lot as a kid. And there wasn't a lot of hunting, heavy outdoor-related movies. So when that one came out, I was just like, I watched it a lot because it was really intriguing to me to yeah. see this hunt going down. And then the dogs, and I, I just distinctly remember that and always wanted to do it, never to this day. Have I been able to do it yet? And I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, Scott, mm-hmm. when we were down in Mississippi, how if anybody listening does this still, we saw they're a okay with me too. tagging along, yeah. I yeah. think it would just be a hoot. I, my,
1: my first bird dog was a coon killer. He yeah. hated uh, raccoons. Oh, yeah.
0: I've been in the field with a few bird dogs that come back with raccoons and manage yeah. a vicious battle. He was yeah. a big
1: male golden retriever, and it was game on, and he never lost a fight. Ooh. Never lost a fight.
0: Any injuries from a fight?
1: No. He was a smart fighter and you didn't ever, but with dogs, you never picked a fight, but if someone started it, he'd finish it, but the coons, he would pick it. He didn't like, it. he just had a huge prey drive. I'd never trained a hunting dog. And it, to be honest, it was really frustrating. When you're pheasant hunting, you're yeah. dealing with that because deer were a fair were game too. You wouldn't, you wouldn't catch them, he'd chase them. And that's when I learned, that I needed to train my honey dog differently. So yeah. I came out of the field, kind of like you're talking about the banquet, horse. Horse, frustrated, Scream. mad, and, and I'm like, I'm not gonna do that again. But old Butch, he did not like raccoons.
0: <laughs> old Butch, <laughs> old what Butch. a good yeah. dog name. All right, let's do another one. This one comes from Jan Payne. My favorite memory this season, in late October, I was hunting a drainage ditch. Greta, my four-year-old GSP, and Hazel, my 14th month old GSP, We're working well together. This ditch has a T intersection. Hazel was birdie and I was anxious to reward her effort. She bumped a hen. I briefly lost track of Greta, but my Garmin 300 alerted me that she was on point 300 yards away. I called Hazel off and we were off as fast as we could. As we approached Greta on point, Hazel creeped in behind her and held a solid honor. I took a semicircular route in front of them. Not one, but two roosters flushed. I swung my Dickinson 28 side-by-side double trigger and with two shots brought down both birds. The girls ran out hard en route to retrieve a rooster each. Huge pride is what I felt as they each returned with a bird in mouth. A double retrieve to hand. You could have dug a hole and thrown me in. I would have died right there with a smile on my face. Thanks for making time to tell my story. That that's a great story smile to my face you guys both lit up there too is there a moment from your season that you that you'll remember tony and and scott same question for you that just like that that was my you could have dug a hole and left me in it moment
2: i i'll tell you i had a great season i went to south dakota five times four or five times and i had many days where i shot limits or more we were party hunting you know and uh, but on the very last day of my season, which was in late January and it'd been a pretty tough hunt. I mean, those late season hunts are, we saw a lot of birds, but couldn't really get close to them. And it was drawing near the end of the last day. Uh, and I hadn't shot a bird and I thought I didn't say it out loud. Cause I didn't want to, you know, I was like, I was thinking I'm maybe going to get skunked for the first time this season. And the sun was going down. It was very late. And I, um, I just, I'll remember that bird because it got up. It flew between me and another hunter. I swung. It was behind me. You know, it was one of the, I remember where my truck was. I'm like, don't shoot the truck because those birds, and they fly pretty low that time of the Mm -hmm. season. It seems to me, that's my experience. And I dropped that bird and I was like, all right, I have shot every day I've hunted this season. I've shot a bird. And so that I will remember that like the last bird of the season.
0: That's awesome. Scott, what's, what's yours?
1: Uh, there's many, cause I did a lot of scouting this year, as you know, Travis, <laughs>
0: Right, he, Tony, he made it all the way to December before he head, brought a camera in with him. I'm like Scott, we are producing a television show. You can,
1: I was scouting Tony and, oh, and he started yeah. yeah. scouting
0: yeah. In, no, under, in September and yeah. didn't come back.
2: Yeah.
1: So, yes. I, I have, I, first off, I have several memories, uh, dog memories of Millie this year. She, Every year has gotten better, um, but she's doing things now that <clears throat> I, I don't even know how to compare it to my other dogs. And, I, and I'm, I am not one of those guys that thinks you only get one good dog. I have had seven dogs, and they've all been good. And Millie um, is doing some things earlier and differently than my other dogs. So that's my comparison. My story is we were in North Dakota where there was snow. Um, the one time there happened to be snow. If I go somewhere, there's going to be snow, probably. And we're hunting two cattail drainages, I'll call them, with um, kind of a pond in the middle. And there's two of us on one side, and myself and my friend um, with Millie on the other side. And we're both into pheasants, not uh, constant working. And the snow's pretty deep, I'd say, knee high but not but fresh, so it's not hard, real hard to walk. And I had shot a bird, my buddy who was with me, uh, not a big hunter, he's learning, Jeff, we did a show on him, um, got some shots. Same thing with my other two buddies over here, and we get kind of to the end of the property where we can't go any further. Um, the two guys on the right shoot a bird, it lands way up on the hill, Dogs go up. One of the guys go off In the meantime, Millie gets up another bird that crosses, and I shoot in it. I don't hit it hard. It lands on the pond side where I, my friend Brad is, and he says, "I I saw that bird. It ran down. Send Millie over." So I try and get Millie to go over there, and and, and I said, "Brad, call her." And he, and she wouldn't. She was a little confused. Didn't want to go to him. So I walk across and get to the edge, and I said, "Well, which way to go?" Brad and he showed me a line and I put her head down, said dead bird, dead bird, fetch it up. So she starts trailing. And <clears throat> there's a lot of pheasant tracks on this uh, body of water. I mean, there were a lot of birds in there, but she's trailing this pheasant back and we probably go 70 or 80 yards. And I'm on the water and they're on like a berm and with the cattails in between us, maybe five feet or six feet of pe- cattails that have been blown in with snow. And we get to this spot, Millie takes a hard right and goes into the cattails. And now she's gone. She's under the snow, like last year, Tony, when we were hunting together. And the snow is coming off the cattails and she's digging under there. And, and I can tell she's on something, obviously. And she pops up, looks around, like, where is it? It's not, you don't have it? Goes back under, <clears throat> and now she's slowed down, I go, and the cat in that snow caves in around her and now you can see her back and she comes up with that rooster. And the fun, not only was I, you know, just like that reader said, proud of my dog and she worked this out on her own and got it. But, you know, Brad has been my hunting buddy since freshman year in college. And we've had a lot of dogs together and things like that. And I see him get a smile. And then Jeff Elder, who's been my best friend since second grade, but just only been hunting for about the last 10 years. Um, he goes, wow, Fran, that's cool. And he's hunted with all my dogs. He's seen my dogs. And later we are talking about something and Millie's around and, and he said, well, Millie's kind of your best, isn't she, Scott? And I go, well, I don't know if I'd say that yet, Jeff. He goes, okay. But but he, he had already elevated her seeing that. Um, so she, she had a lot of moments like it, but that one I can visually, I can see it. I can see her, when I couldn't see her, in the snow, covered up, working this out. And it, that was pretty cool,
0: yeah. Tony, it reminds me of the time we went hunting with Scott, in- when he took us to the cattails, they were not frozen, and there was water everywhere. Remember that? When we were like chest deep
1: walking. I just wanted to see what kind you of hunters you were. Boy. Yeah. And you yeah. whined a lot about that, Travis. My well, that God. that was,
0: I thought we oh, were- we were taking Brandon. It was supposed Yeah, to yeah, yeah, no. and we were after yeah. that special
2: subspecies called the swimming pheasant. Yes. Yeah. We just couldn't yeah. find them, but they were, must have been in there. I know. They were there. <laughs> they must have been in there. What if a day. If you had better yeah. dogs, it you'd back, have seen it. Oh, my God. Glorious gosh. memories. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Oh, it was my like goodness.
2: ankle deep water. The entire
0: <laughs> farm was, just, you know, was... Guys, I, well, meet here, this is a great spot. Yeah, I mean, trust, yeah. Me, trust I it. me. I have heard that's good things he,
1: about this spot. That's why he scouts more now. <laughs> I know. He's always <laughs> scouting
0: now. <laughs> well, I don't
1: literally. bring you to the A yeah, spots.
0: Yeah. Well, you guys, I got my limit here yesterday. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> that's only when we're filming. Try. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, Scott, what are you going to do with your big haul? Uh, congrats on going to a Pheasants Forever banquet and literally taking everything home with you.
1: Well, you know, you drop a uh, 20, 40 bucks here and there, and it's amazing
0: what you win. What'd you win?
1: I won I won a $500 gift card to Shields, Ooh. which I didn't even know. <laughs> we, we put our ticket in this one, I and I wasn't it, sure how it, it worked.
0: Maybe give it away at the banquet. You should bring it if
1: you lose I don't have it. it yet. They mail it to you. So when I get it, we'll figure something out. I was going
0: to say, out. bring it Friday
1: night to the game. But I was talking with Kang and Tyler, a friend of his, and and, and they came up, We started, and they Called a number and I went, hey, hang on a second, guy. And they called again. The oh, well, that's me. Hang on us." And they go, okay. So that was the first prize. Then there was a mystery gun raffle, which, what did Ben call?
0: Yeah, Ben Bredding right Phil. So I have mc this bingo. It's a Convert yeah. County Fleson yeah. It's where I live. Scott lives in Carver County as well. So Scott's like, I'm going to the banquet and this year I couldn't MC. So ben I only went to heckle in, and I told Travis. he came to heckle. I, to, I told him earlier, if I would have been up there, I would have literally picked a different ticket. <laughs> if I had a senior <laughs> mystery gun was a 20
1: gauge Stoger shotgun. Dang. So I, I will say on this podcast, I am going to give it to my friend Jeff. Cause I don't think Jeff listens to the podcast and be a surprise. Cause he, I'll, he's starting to get more into the honey. He'll never have a dog, but he wants to go and learn. And, um, he uses my 20 gauge. So I said, you know, why not give it to him? That's nice. And then um, I won a. Imagine this: I entered the beer cooler raffle. <laughs> so you pay 20 bucks, <laughs> you get a beer, and you're in the raffle. And I want a nice kind of you know, rotomoded cooler. They could have loaded it up with beer though. That I was, that was say, the did one. Did you thing.
0: have to grab one of our Aluma trailers and and haul all your winnings? I talent?
1: I went with two friends that were very. um, unenthusiastic for me by the third prize oh, i was a little
0: disappointed sure. in their attitude i attitudes. seriously would have cheated yeah. and pulled a different number out of that hat I well i assume that, that
2: you'll it. have beers in that cooler at pheasant fest so Ooh, i should bring to that to down. pheasant fest yeah
0: i could there you go. yeah there you yeah. go gentlemen appreciate you coming in tony you had no idea we were recording hey, when you walked into this thrill. room and it's thank you to, for throwing the always microphone great on. chat with you
2: guys and look forward to seeing it bunch of people at Pheasant Fest and a bunch of listeners and stuff yeah, like that.
0: Yeah, I want to say 35,000, 33,000 was the expect- record. They're last... expecting
1: 30,000 more more there, I think, yeah, this weekend. The I weather's think... supposed to be perfect.
0: Wow, that's actually, the weather is so good. So good. So nice that I'm curious if it's going to well, hamper attendance. If,
2: if just everybody there buys one copy of my book, we should be fine. Good. Well, here's what I think about the weather, Trap, <laughs> is because it
1: hasn't been cold. It's been nice all winter. It's yeah. gonna not, not going to be the first nice day where people go, oh, I got to get outside and do something.
0: It's been, I, I think it's going to be fine. Yeah, it's almost 70 degrees I yesterday. Know. Did you finally get up and pick up after Millie in your backyard? Or did you do the right thing and send the girls out there?
1: No, oh, I sent her to the neighbor's yard.
0: <laughs> I know, Daisy's trained to go to the neighbor's too. No, I haven't done it. I actually, oh, yeah. I do need to
1: do that. My wife actually,
0: we that. are gone so much
1: this year that there's not a big pile. Oh, gosh. Okay, we got to remem- remind people two things our booth we didn't talk about that our booth the flush booth is 811 i don't know oh. if you said that but
0: just I in case we're
1: 811 the flush and then again if you're interested in buying flush swag quarter vests hats hats are 25 bucks quarter vets or the quarter zips um uh, shirts are 45 prairie grass outfitters which is booth 1917
0: okay love it
1: and then yeah. we'll have swag at the podcast or should be a great weekend really good weekend
0: yep yep again a lot of items to give away at our live show we hope to see you there we're excited heckle us scott
1: please try
0: to win it will be controversial i cannot wait tony we'll see you there we'll see everybody there it's hours away at this point it will be controversial it will be controversial scott
2: i'm gonna be playing the game with one hand but tied behind my arm like i always do but that's okay I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a town ball umpire. I, I spend a lot of the summer umping town, you know, right. amateur baseball. And I can tell you that guys, who start blaming the officiating before the contest even begins. Mm -hmm. That tells you a little bit something about their sportsmanship. doesn't It does.
0: I know. Hey, hey, I'll let them make their own decisions. I'm just here to read the clues. He's already. He's already.
2: (laughs) He's so
1: the people. He
0: gets nervous before this even begins. I've hung with him. him. I know (laughs) how he
1: works. He admitted it freely. Had he been at the banquet, he would have thrown my number back in. Yeah, straight.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There's other people more deserving. They could have walked away with it. It's a love
2: relationship i I get it i love it you're like an old married couple i know
0: i oh gosh i mean i'm happy for you though congrats on all your big prizes (laughs) (laughs) i can can tell you're really happy (laughs) oh man all right we'll see you at Pheasant fest